You're listening to Insights with Exonia Bank, a series of conversations from our experienced team of bankers. Today's featured guest is Emily McFarland, the mayor of Watertown. Mayor McFarland spoke with Chris Bratz, Vice President of Commercial Banking, about the exciting city projects that are taking place, including finishing the library renovation, redevelopment of their historic downtown, and plans to showcase their thriving business community to help make Watertown a destination for new business. She also gives an inside look into what's coming next. I'm happy to introduce Mayor McFarland and Chris Bratz. Hi, this is Chris Bratz, Vice President with Exonia Bank in Watertown. And today I'm here with Emily McFarland, the Mayor of Watertown. Hello, Emily. Hey. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming in. Uh, I know you're very, very busy. we got a lot of positive things going on in the community and glad you're able to take some time out to uh, kind of share that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So as you said, mayor of the city of Watertown, and I have been, I really should know the date. I'm going to say for almost three years. Uh, it's hard to know because right before that I was on the city council. So I've worked for the city for over eight years and prior to that worked in state government, federal government, county government. Never really saw myself winding up being the mayor of my hometown, Um, but um, it's such a gift. I'm so thankful to be able to serve the community I was born and raised in and, you know, work to build a a version of Watertown that's even better than the one I grew up in and the one that you grew up in. That is correct. Yeah. Hometown product as well. So also, Emily is actually our first female mayor. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I think first female and um, I've never looked for myself, but I've been told youngest. So I'll take it. Yeah, I I would have to say so. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's uh, get into our first topic. First of all, again, you and I are both hometown Mm -hmm. kids. Both have a passion for development and the betterment of the community. But there's a lot of projects going on. So kind of wanted to start with the latest project. I think it wrapped up, if I'm not mistaken, with the library expansion. Yes, very close. So the library expansion and renovation project is a $10 million project. Um, funded with both public and private investment. So about $4.3 million of that came from the city. Um, and that's an important thing to highlight. You know, it's really one of the first times our government, as a city government anyway, has stepped up and kind of invested at the forefront of the development projects we have going on. So the library project, um, the expansion is done. Uh, well, except for the bells and whistles. They're going to put the neat like decals on the walls and the cool paint colors probably in the winter right before we do a big grand opening. Sure. But the renovation of the Carnegie Library is still happening now. And my favorite part is driving towards the library, coming from the east, and just seeing the incredible wall of windows that are, is now in the old Carnegie Library. And that... um you know, that space is already becoming everything we dreamed it would be. Just a, a place for, you know, families to be, community members to be, teens to be, which has been really refreshing for me to be able to have an outlet for kids in this community that they didn't have before. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we're looking to have a one, I think it's just under 150 person meeting space. And that's kind of the the biggest part of the expansion that you'll see on Main Street. And that space is really incredible. I mean, we lack, and you probably know this, um, we lack large meeting spaces in this community. Yes, we do, unfortunately. (laughs) So for us, um, having a meeting space that size, that has the technology that we would need to run, you know, conferences or large meetings, um, there's a kitchen space attached to it, and it's open to the public um, when the library 
is not always open. There's obviously limitations to that, but generally right. speaking, if it's the right event um, and we can make sure the library is open, it'll be available. So it's a really exciting and kind of catalytic project for us. It was the first um, really big tangible change of many to come, but the first right. tangible one. So. Absolutely. Yeah. My wife and I were actually at Mullins, which is a ice cream parlor place uh, over the weekend. And we walked out as dark and it is just, wow. You know, we mm -hmm. walked out, I just saw all the glass and just the lighting. And uh, I'm like, wow, that is really cool to see Watertown kind of transform and uh, look almost modern, you know, yeah. it's like, Hey, this is really cool. And, and I know I hate to say this, but my mom, she loves to go there and she's like, why do you order so many books on Amazon? You need to go to the library more. I'm like, yes, mom. I understand. Yeah. So, you know, it's been, I can share in that it's been enlightening for us too. So we have two little boys and, um, honestly, before the expansion project, we did some things there, you know, here and there a program or, you know, a random rainy day, but now we'll hop on our bikes and intentionally, you know, ride to the library and um, the kids think it's awesome. And it is awesome. We started this year, a youth advisory committee at the city. So it's youth um, in the community, actually in the Watertown Unified School District. So it can be even outside of the city. Oh, okay. And it's between eighth grade and 12th grade. And one of the things that we've been working on is kind of our strategic plan for this advisory committee. What do they want to achieve? And the one thing they kept saying that just shocked me was they they didn't feel like there was somewhere kind of safe and neutral to hang out. And I, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, I was an athlete in high school. So like we hung out in gyms and at our teammates' houses. And, right. um, and it was really eye-opening for me that the youth in this community feel like they're missing that. And so the library is just a tremendous opportunity to meet that need. And it's a 21st century library, you know, so it's uh, maker spaces and place to do things like this. Post a podcast, do video um, mixing and editing. It's not just a place to check out books uh, anymore. I mean, we checked out snowshoes from the library like three times last year. And there's a wait list. Snowshoes? No joke. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Maybe they someday have a, they'll have, um, not canoes, but what are they called? Those, uh, a paddle, a kayak? Yeah, kayaks. Well, you can, <laughs> new, fairly new. So for the last couple of years, our park and rec has done rentals of kayaks. And this year we did stand up paddle boards and they were used a ton. So you can do that through Watertown Park and Rec. We started right. doing that um, maybe my first summer as mayor. We kind of started to expand the kayak rental program. So we have single uh, and tandem kayaks. And then this summer we started paddle boards. And I have the luxury of being on the second floor of City Hall. Um, so I get to see the river. And there, I'm not kidding you. There are people at multiple times a week that I see kayaking and paddle boarding the river during the week, during the day. So it, it's caught on. It really Good. has. Yeah. Well, you got to utilize that river because that's definitely uh, something that I feel is not used enough. I agree. So that's awesome to see folks take advantage of that. And I know with the addition too of, of the square, yeah. I, I saw a picture that there's going to be like where they can kind of paddle up to that mm -hmm. and get out. And so you want to yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So the town, I mean, when you think about the capacity that governments have to really, you know, be at the forefront of development and really make an impact it doesn't feel like there's a ton of opportunity for it. And somehow we've been able to pull off um, an investment twice. So we've obviously invested in the library right across the street, like throw a stone across the street and you're in the town square. We've been able to, through the redevelopment authority and the city and grants and private investment, um, in just a few weeks, we'll bid out the construction documents for the construction of the town square. And I can't say that without smiling because it almost <laughs> seems too good to be true. Right. And, you know, it was a plan that happened in 2014 and I was, you know, on the city council then and John David was our mayor leading us through that effort. And 
now to be in this seat and have it almost be a reality is just incredible. So few times in government do you make a plan and actually do it. We've been very (laughs) intentional in my time um, about doing that. And so what the town square will be is really a world-class regional draw for entertainment. It's It's a venue for entertainment and gathering. We call it a, you know, some call it a park. I think technically it'll have to be deemed a park just for, you know, city ordinance purposes. It'll essentially lead right from the library towards the river. So the library plaza is the first section of the town square. And that means from the library, we'll have a curbless street. So um, that just creates a more opportunity for a wider open space. If we need to, we can temporarily close part of Water Street in order to have the event venue kind of flow out into the road. We're going to be doing some green infrastructure throughout the whole town square development. So things like permeable pavement and rain gardens um, to help with some of the compliance work we have to meet. There up in that area is also a community table, which is what it sounds like, just a massive table that people would be able to you know, sit at, talk, uh, enjoy a beverage, play games. Um, there's a fire pit area. An interactive water feature, which I call a splash pad, but it really is I was going to say the splash pad. For, yeah. yeah. I'm actually pretty jealous that all this is going to happen and my girls now are, well, one's in college and one's a sophomore in high school. So yeah. it's like, man, but it's so nice to have that, to, you know, when they're little. But. but they'll come down now, hopefully, to enjoy the other parts of, you know, the town square. There's a an, an open air plaza area, which is just like a large pergola. And then it kind of flows into where just different event spaces. So we have enough space on the town square to have, I think, 27 vendors for like the farmer's market. It'll have electrical to accommodate food trucks. Oh, nice. Um, and obviously uh, amplified sound if that's necessary too. And then as you kind of move towards the river, it gets into uh, an event stage, an event plaza area. And then the part that you were talking about um, is our ADA compliant um, floating dock. So we'll have a kayak launch um, and, and dock that people will be able to go from the river onto the square um, and kind of park their kayaks, if you will, sure. and come up um, and be a part of the action on the square. So the construction on that should start in 2022, right in the spring. There's a potentiality it may start in the winter for some of the less exciting work like you know, seawall repair and things that people don't sure. get too jazzed about unless you're in my job. <laughs> right. And then it will be open by hopefully early fall. So it'll start in 22, finish in 22, and then we'll tee ourselves up for the next development that'll happen right to the south of that. <laughs> I just heard that too. Yeah, that's exciting too. Then I'll let you kind of talk yeah. more about that. But yeah, it's... It's a pretty catalytic development for us um, as a community because it's going to be one of the first times we have that density of people in the downtown every day. So what the development is, is a uh, multifamily housing development that's higher end. Um, so they'll really be pushing the market on rents and kind of setting the bar for what that upper rent will be. And it's everything from a studio to a two-bedroom. Um, there's two layers of um, underground parking, an elevated second-story courtyard with an infinity pool looking out over the Rock River. Can you even, I mean, in our home, right? I know, right? Like she where we grew whiz. up. I know. I know. It's pretty awesome. And then just higher end finishes, you know, wider hallways, insulated interior walls, granite, stainless steel, the things people would come to expect at that price point. Sure. Um, And really, we honestly, I'm not kidding you. I got an email today of someone asking to get on the wait list. So there's already- To live there. Really? 
So yeah. is there a wait list? Not yet. Oh. I mean, okay, it's, so it's not our <laughs> development. Um, we're really excited to partner with a developer out of the Madison area um, who um, we think is the right partner for us because he doesn't, he and his company um, don't develop and then sell off. They develop and hold, oh, okay. which I think is what this what is the right connection for us? You know, we want someone who's willing to be a part of the community and kind of continually invest in upkeep and maintenance and the aesthetics. Um, and it sounds like that's the type of work that he and his company have done in the past. And then we're also hoping for more. You know, if this goes well, I think the economies of scale um, work even better for this developer to have more than one development. So we're hoping that this is just the first of many. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, so it'll be 86 units. It'll be uh, five stories, which we don't have. Um, so our, we've talked to the fire department They're They've got the ladder to cover it. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. Those are the types <laughs> of things we have to think about. True. Um, as you kind of move to this new level of development. So, I mean, just in this tiny area of our downtown to, to put a dollar value on it, that development construction cost wise will be about 19 million. Oh, wow. Um, the town square is about three and a half. And then the library is a $10 million project. And there, I think it's just such a unique opportunity to have that much capital investment in one area. Um, and we've, even before a shovel has been in the ground, we've seen the byproduct of that, you know, just the incredible amount of purchasing of private on the private side okay, um, of buildings in the downtown and renovating those buildings. People want to be a part of this movement. And that's a really exciting Thing to be a part of. Yeah, you can definitely when you drive down Main Street, you can see a lot of the uh, I don't know what you call them booms, scissor or, lifts. Yeah, scissor yeah. lifts. There you go, and yeah. the painting, and and yeah, you're right. It's definitely there has been a surge of local private investors that understand how important the downtown is, yep. um, and it is great to see that. And you know, I, I I think I drive downtown more now just to kind of see, see who's, what's happening. Yeah, yeah, see what's happening, and um, a lot more families walking. Um, Mullins was busy, which was great. So yeah, it's it's definitely moving in the right direction, and it's kind of neat to to see that. It and, is, and to be a part of it too. I think Sharp Corner. So Sharp Corner Park is at the um, east end of our downtown, right across from Zwig's Grill, but, which is still on the list for best burgers in America. By um, far. <laughs> so Sharp Corner Park, I think, really was that first uh, quick, tangible example of how fast you can take something and turn it into something great. And I I think, um, you know, that was a dilapidated, blighted, uh, old gas station, a terribly dangerous intersection. You Very, know, yes. when you went to driver's ed here in Watertown, like every driver's ed instructor took you to that corner to see how quickly, not, maybe not you, but me when in, in my class is like, how quickly you're going to go past the stop sign because you can't see anything and instantly fail. Right. So we've improved a really dangerous intersection, um, removed a blighted gas station, and created just this little pocket park that I get pictures probably every other week of kids playing in those letters and families sitting under the pergola. Uh -huh. And, you know, we we did that park with less than $10,000 of city money. And that is mainly in the staff we've spent there. So we did it through grants. We did it through um, private donation. And now we just this year, we won an award for the best public improvement project uh, for the Wisconsin Yay. Main Street program. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think people just see that we're actually doing what we said we would do. And that's the important part. And then following suit, wanting to be a part of it. And it's a gift. So, yeah. Well, no, you guys have done a great job and, and kudos to you and your staff. Definitely. So as far as like what's coming, the redevelopment of the historic Main Street. Yeah. 
You want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah. So we've, you know, we have the state's longest historic downtown, uh, which is awesome and also hard right. <laughs> <laughs> because renovating third stories of buildings that have seen decades of neglect is very, very cost prohibitive. Um, so we've had to be creative and kind of expanding our minds and our ordinances, our local code on what people can do and can't do. And thankfully, as we were just saying, you know, the, the, private side of our community has taken that opportunity to, to join us in this effort. So we've seen the more turnover in the last year and a half of buildings than we've seen, you know, in like years combined. Um, we have, I I should ask for an updated number. Last time I asked, we have, I think 111 unique storefronts and only eight are vacant. And that's probably even less now. And some that are vacant, well, I think it's vacant and or underused. And some of them are owned and the people just want to hold them. So that's tough for us. Right. Nothing Um, you can really do there. Right. But I mean, I think, you know, we have this just misconception that the downtown is dead. I don't interrupt people, but I will like respectfully stop someone with like, and the downtown is dead. I'm like, is it though? I mean, have you been down there? Like- there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. So our Main Street program is very vibrant. Our director is also, ironically, the histor- the Historical Society president. So she wears two caps and wearing those um, really helps the people that are interested in coming to the downtown because she will hold people's hands as much as they want to get through historic preservation credits, um, get through our committees, get through... Um, get facade renderings potentially free of charge from the state mainstream program. So we've been able to really leverage her expertise uh, and her connections to make it, I hope, um, a little bit more developer friendly for people to continue to want to renovate our historic downtown. And, you know, we've, we purchased um, the RDA purchased five buildings. Those buildings were demolished in order to account for the town square. And there was, you know, a decent amount of heat for that choice. Um, and I, I've recent, I said somewhere recently, I keep that heat at the forefront of my mind. You know, we put people on the brink of real concern and I never take for granted that I need to, my, my team and I need to make good on that promise we made to them that we'd produce something phenomenal. And that is what we're seeing in other buildings in the downtown too. Elevations of our, um, second stories that haven't been you know, touched, right. turning into apartments and Airbnbs. And and then, you know, we are doing, I don't, we're doing some work with our Main Street Task Force. So we okay. we created a Main Street Task Force to be very intentional about the strategic direction of our Main Street. So that's literally the street, which I love talking about, but most people don't. Um, so I won't bore the listeners with that one. <laughs> uh, but it's infrastructure. You know, we have 1893 Water Main. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> Roads like, and bridges. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this task force has been able to kind of be just another outlet for historic, our historic Main Street and for business owners and building owners, I think, to see that we're not, the the work doesn't end when the town square or the library is done. And that's been helpful. It really has. And frankly, the the Terrence Wall development is helpful too. People say, oh, I I saw he's coming here. You know, I'm not a developer quite of that caliber. I develop a a similar product, you know, uh, what do you guys have for me? So there's been interest just from him simply being interested in our community. Good. We're, we travels fast. Yeah. When you got good things going here. We do. And eventually we will shift out of the downtown. I mean, that's where, you know, we don't have an infinite amount of resources. So we're being purposeful about where they're being spent. 
but we already have two two areas on the horizon that we'll shift to next once we're um, done in the downtown. Well, done enough anyway. Oh, there you so, go. Yeah. So kind of, you know, to maybe wrap this up a little bit, I know you got uh, a lot going on, but yeah. for me too, as you know, on, on the commercial and in the business banking side, when talking to businesses that aren't from the area, but maybe looking, what would be my elevator speech of as far as, you know, why businesses should choose or look at Watertown right. to invest in? I think- you know, what sets us apart, so this is my elevator speech that I always have to give people. What sets us apart is very simply our geography. I mean, we're located halfway between Madison and Milwaukee. So the labor basin that you can pull from is exponentially larger than you would in other areas of the state that aren't literally located smack dab between two of the two of uh, the two largest metropolitan areas in the right. state. Um, but then what's unique about us in particular I think, you know, the reason we talk so much about the work that we've that we've talked about here today is that is our economic development strategy. So for a community our size, we have to be placemaking. And so we have invested, and I think that's what you would say. Like this community has invested in placemaking so that you have a labor force that want that lives here. Right. It's our job to build a community people want to live in. So then manufacturers and employers and businesses have a labor base to, to pull from. And then that cycle continues itself. And those families have have children in our public school system. And, you know, the, the circle continues. Sure. Absolutely. And I think um, we've also invested in, for the first time, a full-time development coordinator. Uh, prior to this year, we didn't, we've never had one. Right. Um, so we are, I hope it's obvious to people that we're not just talking the talk, but we're walking the walk. And I think that's what's different about us. You know, we... We've, I can actually say he's, um, the gentleman that, that I'm talking about when he interviewed with us, he's like, something that attracted me to this job is you guys have plans and you're actually doing them. Like most cities don't do that. Um, so I think, you know, we've been trying to lead by example here and, um, you know, put in the, the pieces in place like placemaking. And in about two weeks in October, we'll formally launch our, our business retention and expansion program. We've been doing it informally um, since I've been mayor, uh, so for the last almost three years, um, but we're formally launching it during manufacturing month in October. So that's, you know, we go into our businesses twice a month, large and small, and yeah. I simply say to them, what do you need? You know, I mean, we talk about a whole lot more, but- Sure, absolutely. What do you need from us? What what are we not doing well? What's slow? What's working? What is working well? Um, and we've been able to, from there, pull out- um, a couple of really strategic efforts to work on. And that one is labor, which is not unique. Um, right. But Especially we are, today. we are trying to be creative. You know, like we, we just, I just saw the first cut of a marketing video that we, we took our city media productions team and went into our businesses and recorded what was unique about them. And that's the message we're going to tell about why you should come work for our, our businesses here in Watertown. I'm from here. I walk into these businesses and my jaw hits the floor. Things happen in this community I had no idea are happening. And I shouldn't say that, but it's true. I mean, it's incredible. Like we're the self-proclaimed lawnmower blade capital of the world. We have a yep. business here that makes all of the liquid hops for the entire world for Molson Coors. We have uh, a company who created eight new uh, cleaning solutions based with hydrogen peroxide instead of alcohol during the height of the pandemic. I mean, we're doing remarkable things. But we don't tell them that story. Right. So we're, we're focusing on that. And then the second effort we're focusing on is childcare. So when I'm sitting down with like C-suite people 
you know, executives that have been in this game for a very long time and are telling me I can't hire people because they can't get childcare. Well, then that's a problem we can help solve. So I think, you know, why Watertown? Because we actually are doing what you want us to do. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, a, that is, you bring up a great point. And I've talked to business, you know, owners in the community and uh, they do appreciate, you know, the type of communication and the openness and, hey, where can we help? Yeah. And and that to me is is huge when you have that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. We want to see our businesses thrive and be successful. Yes. And, bring in new business and eat and live and, and work. So that's, it's important. I agree. You know, attraction's powerful. Everyone wants to land, you know, the next largest employer. And, you know, that there's good reason to spend time and effort there. For cities like us, and I, I don't want to get the percentage wrong, but it's ridiculously high. Like it's 80 or 90%. Our growth is in our existing businesses. It's in their retention and their expansion. And so with two people, with you know, our development coordinator and myself, we can only do so much. <laughs> and so that's where we right. spend the time. Uh, and we've been able to just in the last few years, get really fruitful ideas of tangible things we can help work on. I'm not going to be running a child care center. I'll tell you that we're not in that business as a city government, <laughs> but we can at least facilitate the conversation and get people to get the right people at the table to see if we can be really creative with how we can, you know, float a large child care center that can assist a lot of employers. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. important. Yeah. No, that's there's awesome. a lot of, a lot of really neat things, a lot of positive things going on. The vibe is definitely, you can feel it. Yeah. It's uh, palpable. When you're talk- yeah. And you're talking to everybody, yep. um, you know, the, the buy-in is there, um, but it takes time and it everybody does. has to be patient. <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't, I wish we had that uh, unlimited checkbook that you can you know, know. snap your fingers and things happen. But it does take time. But like you said, we're seeing some real positive things happening in the community starting, you know, on the east side, but also, you know, the library and the expansion mm-hmm. and kind of growing together. So um, I just want to take this time to say thank you again. It yeah, was a pleasure uh, having you here. And like I said, keep up the great work. And thank you. Um, I'm excited for what the next five to 10 years brings for Watertown. And uh, I think there's a lot of other people, too, that have that same sentiment. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be sharing more stories in the episodes ahead. So if you like the information you heard today, please make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wishing you all continued success. We'll talk to you soon.